You're listening to Minimalish, a podcast where we talk about simplifying our stuff, our lives, our motherhood, all in a realistic way so that we can make room for what matters. We're not here for perfectly tidy homes or seeing how much we can possibly declutter. We're here for living with less, realistically. It's going to look different for all of us, but we're not really focused on how our version of minimalism looks anyways. We're focused on how it feels. I'm your host, Desiree. I'm a mom to two and on my own journey of living with a little less clutter so I can have more space for an intentional life. I'm no expert, and I like to think of this as a corner of the internet where we're learning and growing together. So let's walk towards a more simple and intentional life. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to Minimalish. I am so excited to be bringing you an episode of Minimalism Stories today. This is a series that I started a couple of months ago, and this is only the second episode in the series. We'll be doing Minimalism Story episodes every month to every other month, just where it fits in my content calendar, but I do want to do them somewhat regularly because I absolutely love hearing the stories of how minimalism has changed other families' lives. And with the first episode, I got a lot of feedback that you are excited to hear more episodes of Minimalism Stories. Today, my guest is Mary Simpson. She considers herself a recovering shopaholic and workaholic who became minimal-ish to change her life. She shares a bit of her journey on minimalism with Mary on Instagram, so I will link that in the show notes and you can find her there. We talk about things like downsizing, decluttering while moving, and so much more. But those are just some of the unique aspects of her story that you will hear in this episode. She also had a health scare that kind of guided her into the world of decluttering and minimalism. So she shares about that as well. Mary's story is very impactful, and I know it will encourage you on your journey. So let's dive into my conversation with Mary. All right. Well, I'm so excited to get to chat with you today, Mary. Um, We are going to be talking all about your story with minimalism, and that's one of my favorite things to talk about. So before we get to that, can you just tell me a little bit uh, about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you first, Desiree, for having me on. I have absolutely loved your podcast. It is my favorite for the last like year or so, and it's been very inspirational to me. So I'm flattered to be invited to join today. Um, But I am a wife and mother of two kids. I've got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, and I also work full-time from home. Both of my kids are in school at this point, Um, but the the work component is a big part of my story with how I got into minimalism. Okay, so we will get to it. We'll hear more about that then. The first thing I really want to hear about your story is just kind of, you know, when did you learn about minimalism? Uh, What did that look like for you to really get started? Um, You know, where did you hear about it first? Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't actually seek out minimalism. Um, I really stumbled into it and then realized, wait, I'm kind of wanting to become more minimalish, not necessarily, you know, the stark rooms and everything, um, but it was about two years ago, and it, beca- it was because I was downsizing my entire life as part of a move and realized that I needed to get rid of so much. And so I was looking for tips on how to get rid of things. And then suddenly I was hearing more about minimalism and really the fact that it's all about intentional living. And that was what struck a chord with me the most. I think moving is a huge way that, you know, people 
find out about minimalism or even just get rid of stuff, like have to go through that process and then learn that this is actually a great way to live life. So that definitely makes sense. Um, What did life before minimalism look like for you? Has it been a stark contrast or just what did that look like? Yeah, so life before minimalism, um, I really actually always had a pretty clutter-free environment as far as my home. And if you looked around, you would say, oh, wow, she's so tidy and everything is in order. And I really had to be because I have a highly sensitive personality where if I'm going to be able to just function normally and not get anxious, I have to have a clean surrounding and space. Now, that said, I had the Monica closet. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, if you watched Friends, the Monica closet, I had a massive basement that was full of everything. Um, My mom had passed away when I was 19. And as the only daughter, I basically was the one who got all of her stuff. So my basement was filled with all of her stuff. Um, I, I would say I kind of learned from her that you are supposed to hold on to everything. So every card, every good grade on a test and report card, every yearbook, every ribbon from horseback riding, literally everything I held on to. And so if you went into my Monica closet, which was my basement, it was absolutely filled with just box upon box upon box of mostly sentimental stuff. Um, But I did also love to decorate. And so it was constantly buying more and more and more and buying bigger houses. And so realizing I needed more, but I can't get rid of this old stuff because what if I'm going to need it one day and want to redecorate and use it again? And so my basement was filled with decor and a lot of, uh, you know, I might need these one day kind of what if items. That I'm sure was hard to breach that mindset shift of letting go of sentimental things. And um, maybe we'll get to that in a little bit, because that's really hard when you lose someone so important to you. And, you know, we attach memories to things, although we know it doesn't have to be that way now. So I'm sure that that was a hard part of the process. So do you mind if I actually go into a little bit more of how I ended up getting to the point of realizing we needed to downsize? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a really important part of the story as far as what my life looked like before. So I, I explained kind of the house and it was clean, but the basement was crazy. But my life itself was overflowing from a time perspective. Um, so I worked full time in sales So where I said I work from home now, that is a completely different thing for me. That was actually part of my minimizing and downsizing my life. But I had actually a very successful sales career for about 17 years before I made the change and was top in the company, gave my all to my clients, was, you know, was doing very well. And I actually loved it. I knew I was having an impact. Um, I helped businesses and families with succession planning and kind of planning for the unexpected. So if someone passed away, I helped with the financial planning portion of it. But what I realized was that I was giving my all to my clients and to my company. And at the end of every day, first of all, there was hardly an end, but I would take a break to see my kids. And at this time they were, I think they would have been two and five, Um, I was literally just like a puddle. I didn't have the energy. I didn't have the mental capacity. 
I just, I was so drained from giving everybody else everything that I wasn't really able to be there for them, I felt like. And having lost my mom when I was younger, I wanted to make sure that I was always there for them and that they knew that and really felt that. And I also wasn't taking great care of myself. Um, so at the beginning of 2020, this was where things started to kind of fall into place because I was still working a ton. It was right before the pandemic started and everybody had to stay at home at a doctor's visit. And he felt a lump on my throat, on my thyroid and said, you know, we've got to send you off for some testing. So, you know, I've, I've worked in life insurance forever. And so I, I know a lot about these things and I didn't really think that I was going to be hearing this about myself because you never do. You know, it's, it's not something that you ever think is going to be you. So I went in and after a bunch of testing, they said, you know, it's a 90% chance that it's cancer. So we want to remove the thyroid and, you know, do all of this. And when I found this out, it was because of the pandemic, it was months before I was able to go in for the surgery. So there was a lot of time to think. And my husband and I really said, you know, what if we just made a huge life change? What if we, we love warm weather, we love the beach, we love just being outside and being outdoorsy and walking and those kinds of things. What if we downsized our life, is what we called it, because um, we were living in this massive house. It was over 6,000 square feet. You know, you could have somebody in every corner of the house and think that you were all alone because it was so big. Um, you know, what if we just moved into a smaller house that was affordable and I left that job. So I had my time back and we were able to actually do things that filled our buckets each day. And we were able to really be more intentional with our lives. And so, you know, fast forward, I ended up having the surgery. Everything came back clean. It was not cancer. Um, which is such a huge blessing. You know, one, it's not cancer, but two, it was this wake up call that you know, you've, you've really got to be so intentional with every minute of your day and of your life and make sure that the things that you're doing align with your values. And for us, it was about taking care of you know, our family and our health and being with each other. And so we put things in motion and uh, found a house the following January down in Florida. We were in the DC area and that really got the ball rolling. Um, I ended up getting rid of over the coming year, about 75% of our stuff. Yeah, that is an amazing story. Just I'm sure like so stressful to go through. I am really happy to hear that as I'm sure you were, <laughs> that it was not cancer, but also that you were able to kind of have that really life change and mindset shift from from that whole scare. I almost like teared up when you were talking about how that really shifted your perspective because, you know, when we go through these tough things, it can be so scary. We can have that feeling of like, why me? Why am I going through this? Or we can kind of take it as like, I am going to look at life a whole different way. Thank you for sharing all of that. When it comes to the move, did you guys like want to move to Florida? Why? I'm just curious, like why the move from DC to Florida? So I've lived in a lot of different states. I've lived in other countries and um, knew that we needed to really get it right. And so we had some factors that were non-negotiables. We wanted to make sure there was a good school system for our kids. 
Um, we did want the warmer climate. We wanted to be able to afford a place very comfortably close to the beach. So the cost of living was another important factor. And I'm, I'm from the Carolinas originally. And for whatever reason, I never thought I would live in Florida. I'm not really sure why. Um, we looked at the coast of Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, but we never looked at Florida. And <laughs> I was actually on a trip with some good friends out in Maui, in Hawaii. And I don't know if you've been there, but you know, it's just, it's breathtaking. Everywhere you look, you feel like you're in paradise and it's warm. And the, uh, one of the girls that was there was my best friend's cousin. And I told her about this desire that we had to move to the beach and we wanted it to be warm year round and wanted it to be beautiful on some level like that, but we needed it to be on the East coast because that's where our family is. And she said, well, you know, have you looked at these particular areas of the Gulf coast of Florida? And I was like, no, I honestly have never even seen myself living in Florida. Um, but next thing you know, I'm buying Wi-Fi on the airplane, heading back to the D.C. area to do some research in the real estate area. And I'm calling my husband, who's a real estate agent, saying, honey, this is what we need. And he thinks I'm crazy, but he realizes this is what we've been talking about. They have good fishing there, which is one of his things. And he realized that, you know, that it was going to be the change that we all needed. And so... He was fully on board and we, it was the best decision we could have ever made. We love it. Yeah, that's awesome. I really have a similar story with minimalism was like the start of it that we decided to move. We were in Virginia, kind of the opposite climate change. We're, we're in Virginia where it's a little bit warmer. At least it's not winter like half the year. And now we're in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where it is winter half the year. But we moved towards family so we had wanted to make that move for a lot of years. And then through minimalism, I realized like, you know, we can live a life according to our values and make this move and downsize and all the similar things. So I can really relate to your story. Do I wish we moved to Florida? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> right now, yes. When it's dark at 4 p.m. Yes, I do. But <laughs> We do have a little but, extra sun down here. You'll, you'll have to convince everybody to just come down here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it would take that much convincing, just maybe like a lot of work yeah. to get ourselves there. <laughs> it's a lot. It's definitely a lot to do that kind of big move. Yeah. Okay. So kind of like more practically speaking, like whenever you did realize, okay, we're going to get rid of 75% of our possessions so that we can make this downsize move, even if it, you didn't really think about it as minimalism at the time, what did you start with in your home? You know, would you suggest that for someone else? Was it an easy starting place? Or would you say like, that wasn't the right starting place? What did that look like? So I think that for most people, they're not necessarily looking to move to a new home that's physically smaller. Um, you know, maybe, but for us, it was actually born of necessity because we were literally moving into a house 25% the size of the old one. <laughs> and then the house that we were buying was furnished. Um, and so we had so much furniture that practically speaking, it was, okay, we've got to get rid of the biggest stuff, so mostly furniture, that it doesn't make sense to pay somebody to put on a moving truck and drive a thousand miles south. So we got rid of our dining table and set and our sideboard. I am a pro at Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> Um, that is where we sold a lot of stuff. But if anyone is ever doing this, helpful tip is that 
if the buyer of your home likes any of your furniture, sell it to them and sell it to them cheap. It doesn't matter if you could have made some more money elsewhere selling it. The convenience factor is amazing um, because we sold probably at least 20 large items to the sellers of, I'm sorry, to the buyers of our home. They wrote us a check and we just tagged everything so the movers knew, you know, don't put that on the moving truck. It's actually staying here at the house for the next people. Let's see, from there, you know, the, the sentimental stuff I talked about, but the the larger sentimental stuff, you know, like vases and candelabras and that kind of thing, I did work on rehoming a lot of that stuff. Um, especially if it was from family, like I would, my grandmother passed away a few years ago and I'd received a lot of stuff of hers. And I knew that the style that I wanted for our new home and just, you know, the, the decor wasn't really going to fit with that. And so I actually reached out to an aunt who very happily said, you know, I'll, I'll take it. She was my grandmother's daughter. Um, and then outside of that, you know, I, I tried to really just find homes for anything that I could where I felt like it was the right place. But that being said, we had so much that we had to get rid of. Tons was just donated. Um, I was a big fan of the trucks that will actually come and pick stuff up at your house because, you know, it's it was like every free minute that I had, <laughs> I was decluttering and getting rid of stuff because I didn't want to be lugging stuff around that I was just going to be, you know, I was putting it off. If I did that, I would still have to go through it at a later time. Um, so we had, I think it was like the Salvation Army did a pickup where you schedule it online and they show up at your door and they'll pick it up at the allotted time. I think there was a veterans group that we did the same thing with. And I did have a ton of business suits, of course, and I, I've kept a few. They're still kind of those just in case items. Um, but I was able to find like a women's shelter that you know, they, they try to get women back on their feet and out doing interviews. I was able to find some for that kind of thing. But I will say that for people who are not doing this massive downsizing of their home, and it's more about decluttering, it probably is going to look different. And I do think that it's best to start smaller. Um, certainly, if you've got a big piece of furniture or something that's just really bothering you, you don't like it, get it out of your house because that's a, a big, quick win. And I think visually, if you can get something out of your sight line that was bothering you, that's great. You know, that, that's a big step in the right direction and give yourself a pat on the back. But otherwise, if you're just trying to declutter your home, you know, I think there's kind of two methodologies on that. One would be start with an area that's not sentimental for you. And so that might be you know, your bathroom where you're just going through the medicine cabinet and pulling out stuff that's expired or your makeup bag and pulling out stuff that's expired. Um, a linen closet, I think, is another great place that's not very sentimental. And even something like a junk drawer, you know, just going through that, you usually don't have a lot of sentimental stuff there. Now, conversely, if someone has a specific area of their home that is really bothering them, maybe it's the master bedroom as an example, and they've got clothes that are thrown everywhere and stuff on all of the surfaces. I would say that for some people, you're able to just go and focus on that room, leave the rest of the house as it is until you feel better about that particular space. And in that space, you know, let's say the master bedroom, maybe do pick a smaller area and kind of go zone by zone so that you're seeing those wins and feeling a sense of progress 
so that you kind of have that fire to keep on going, if that makes sense. Yeah, those are great tips. And when you said the furniture, that was, I kind of had this thought of like, we don't usually hear that, you know, of just a place that someone starts. Obviously, if you're moving, it makes sense. But if you've walked into a home where there's just like excess furniture there, it feels that might not have been your case. Like you were just moving. So, and to a smaller home, but that's something to look at too. You know, I, I know that every time we, we've re we rearrange our house all the time. It's just like for fun, I think at the time, <laughs> but also just, uh, we haven't been in it too long. So just like finding the, the way that we want things. And when we rearrange my daughter's room, most of her toys are in there. And so we, I like rearrange or take pieces of like furniture or storage out of there or put it back in depending, you know? So that, that is something to think about. Like if you have, you know, furniture that is not really being used, like you said, or is like just bothering you. Don't, you don't like it there. We had this chest that was something that was in the family for a long time, but it was broken and it was so clunky and we felt like we had to keep it for so long. And getting rid of that was huge because mm -hmm. it didn't really store much stuff functionally. I mean, if someone put their fingers under it, it wasn't good for kids basically because <laughs> it was broken. It could like smash your fingers. Oh my God. So that could be a starting point. And the kids' toys uh, was actually another big one because we had not one, but two playrooms in this house. Now we have zero <laughs> because all the toys are in the kids' rooms and their closets now and they, they have far fewer um, but we got rid of the play kitchen and the play grill and the train table. And they had this massive bounce house that would literally fill up one of their rooms now. Um, and, you know, just them having less stuff has, I think, really generated a lot more creative play, which has been really fun to watch, you know, just to see what they come up with. And, you know, they, they turn one tiny little random object that I'm like, I can't believe I kept that. And suddenly they're doing this whole, you know, both of them together, this whole scene and acting out and, you know, one's a puppy and the other's a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun to watch because um, they, they definitely did not need all of those big toys that we were hanging on to. So those were good things to declutter. Yeah, that's a huge tip for this time of year because uh, this episode will be going out before Christmas. And I think there's just a pressure to like buy something big for under the tree. Oh, yeah. I want to take a quick break to tell you about something that I've been working on. So if you've been around for a while, you have heard me talk about Simple Morning Lists, and you may even have a copy yourself. Simple Morning Lists is a morning companion journal that I wrote back in 2019, and it includes five lists that you make each morning. It's based in gratitude and letting go, reminding yourself of your purpose, and writing down some affirmations to help yourself remember where you're headed. The reason I'm telling you about this is because I am putting out a second edition. It is not out yet, but stay tuned. I will tell you as soon as it releases, it should be here within about a week. And I'm really excited about this second edition because I've added monthly lists and I've just added a different layout that I'm really loving. If you want to know more about Simple Morning Lists right now, you can go to simplemorninglists.com and keep your eye out for when I do release that second edition because it's coming soon. All right, let's get back to today's episode. 
kind of talking about about decluttering still, what has been the most impactful space for you to have like a decluttered space? So we no longer have a basement, um, but we do have an attic and our garage is kind of our storage area. But really our storage area was so full before and I've I've probably gotten rid of 75% of it. That's kind of the number that I use just based on the square footage of our move. But um, that has lifted the mental burden for me because it was like I always knew that I needed to just go through this stuff. And it's it can be very time consuming, of course. But, you know, I just I plugged away a little bit every night and other times that I could find until, you know, basically until we had to move. But I've still been uh, continuing it since being down here in Florida, where, you know, I the more I do, the more I want to do. Yeah, I'm realizing that it makes me just, if I feel better, I feel lighter. It's definitely that lifted burden. And I'm realizing how little of it I need to actually be keeping, especially when it's packed away. <laughs> you know, if, yeah. it's, if it's in a box, why? You know, when am I looking at it? When am I even thinking about it? So why do I need to actually keep these things? Yeah. I love that you mentioned that like mental load of knowing that at some point you're going to have to go through it because any storage that you have, whether you're going through it for the holidays, because it's like holiday storage, that's one thing, um, like holiday decor. But if it's just, you know, if you're keeping stuff for a future child to pass down to, that can obviously be very practical, but it's going to take time to go through it at one point. And so if you have that plus like a lot of other stuff that you've just kept around just in case. I know for me, anytime that I'm thinking like, did I keep that or not in my storage? It just, I know that I'm going to have to go back through it. Like it's not very practical because it's going to take me time. And then how do I know, like, did I keep it? Like, where is it? So, cause I'm not the most organized with my storage. I guess if you're like super organized with storage, then that's a different story. But our storage spaces are kind of like back in these crammed corners of our house and like little cubbies that are out of sight. And it's just not easy to get into them. So I can definitely relate to that feeling of it lifts the burden when you have less of it. Yeah. And I've also thought, you know, if, if we do move again, which we don't have any imminent plans, although we have already moved once since being in Florida, we're already in our second house here um, because I, <laughs> apparently I like to move, but I like to redecorate. That's the thing. Um, but we have a lot of projects at this house now, so it's not going to be anytime soon, but the knowledge that we will be able to pack up and move so much more easily going forward is also very freeing. Um, There was a point where I actually put everything in storage. This was like 13 years ago. And I lived out of a backpack for almost a year. (laughs) And that was that was kind of a a very quick entree into minimalism, because that was literally all that I had with me, but I still had all my stuff back in storage. Um, But I, I just remember how free I felt not having all that stuff. And how mindful I had to be about, am I really going to buy that shirt? Because I don't have space in this backpack. You know, I'm going to have to get rid of something. So I try to kind of think through that now, even though we're in a house with more stuff. Yeah, that's, I, anytime I hear like someone lived in a camper for a while while their house was being built, or I lived out of a backpack for this amount of time. I just think that that has to be such a mindset shift because you realize that like I can live just fine like this. (laughs) It might not be ideal or like sustainable for a long time. But when you do get back to, you know, the more normal 
whatever normal looks like for you living in a house or an apartment where there is a little bit more space, you just realize like, I don't need to clutter it up with so much stuff. Yeah, absolutely. What has been the biggest benefit for you and your family when it's come to living with less stuff? I would say time freedom. Um, you know, really now, so I, I used to work 60 hours a week, sometimes 80 hours a week. And now 40 hours a week is the max I'm doing. And I know for a lot of people that might sound normal, but for me, it's like a whole new world. Um, I am able to prioritize myself. I do some sort of physical activity daily. I'm usually out in nature. I go on a lot of walks. I do yoga at least once, sometimes twice a week. Um, and by, by really taking care of myself, I feel like I'm able to better show up for my family and in particular for my children. You know, I just, I feel healthier. I think that I am healthier. Um, and you know, the fact that when they come home from school, I'm here and I'm able to help them with their homework and, you know, play with them and hang out. And we always have a family dinner, you know, usually seven nights a week, we're having a family dinner. All of those things are things that would have been tough before because I was working so much to be able to afford this big lifestyle that we had. But when it all came down to it, I wasn't able to actually sit back and enjoy it because it was always about, you know, not only having this big lifestyle, but getting more, you know, more and more and more. When I had downtime, it wasn't, usually I didn't have the energy <laughs> to do a lot of physical activity, which sounds so sad. But I would do a lot of online shopping, or if I had the time, I would head to Home Goods and TJ Maxx. Those were my go-tos. And I would always bring home so much stuff. And so having broken all of those habits and reprioritized my life and my time, and now having the freedom of time has been the biggest win. Yeah, that's huge. And I think something that a lot of people do end up experiencing. And hopefully it's a huge draw to minimalism that, you know, even though it can take a lot of time and energy to declutter our homes, the time that we get back after that, and just like, really, it's decluttering our homes, but also a lot of times like shifting our life completely like it has been for you and downsizing and all of that. I want to go off our questions a little bit and ask you about downsizing because I think that's something that a lot of people want to hear more about. Can you encourage someone that's like maybe thinking about it that like this is a really impactful, positive thing that, that could be in their life? For sure. So I think that the physical downsizing of your home. So for us, we went from over 6,000 square feet to our first house was 1,500 square feet. So it was, it was truly 25% the size. I laugh because we could fit our house, our new house in the foyer of our old house. It was the most freeing feeling. Um, the fact that it took, I think it was about eight hours to clean our old house. So we had to hire housekeepers because I didn't have that time and I didn't want to make everybody else do it. Uh, you know, it was an expense there. I can clean our entire house now in like hour and a half, probably. Of course, we don't have as much stuff, uh, which is freeing as well to not have all the clutter to have to move around. But just keeping everything clean is so much easier. And I think that when you have a clean space, that is very good mentally. You know, it really clears the mind and it allows you to focus on the more important things. 
Um, and even just keeping a tidy house with a small house like what we have, it's all one level. And so if something's been left out by somebody and I need to run it to a room, it's going to take me five seconds to get there because it's only a few steps away. It's, it's just much easier to maintain and clean. And when you're not having to spend time doing those things, you're able to spend the time doing the things that you really want. So being outside, you know, doing activities, spending time with your family and not worrying about all the cleaning and everything else. Yeah, that's all so good. Especially I feel like in American culture, like the big house is the sign of success, right? That big house comes with so much stipulation. Uh, I always love that encouragement to downsize. Of course, everyone has different priorities and capacity for like how close they can be to each other and (laughs) wanting space for whatever reasons there's no like right or wrong but I do just you know I wanted to encourage anyone who might be feeling like smaller space might be something they want what we found and I would encourage people to think about if this is something that they experience as well is does everybody actually tend to be spread out across the house and are you are you really using your whole house or are you like us because we would always be huddled up in the same area in the same room in the same space and that, that's a good thing you know we we like each other um, but you know even though we have a much smaller space now if someone needs alone time they can just go to their their bedroom and get it or step outside and have some time but most of the time we're all together we're you know in the family room or we're in the kitchen and it's nice to have that togetherness and I think that when you have a much larger house, it, in, it doesn't encourage that togetherness. And you, you may still do it. And if you do it, then you probably don't need that much space. But also, if you are looking for a way to bring your family together more, that might be a way to physically do it, is by having a smaller space where you are together more. Yeah, so good. I can relate. Everyone follows everyone around in my house and we don't have a big house, but we're still all in the same room anyways. Do you have any advice to share for someone like just getting started decluttering uh, their home? I think it is really important to start with your why. So this comes back to one's core values and really figuring out, you know, what is it that's most important to you? Is it having the time to take care of yourself and having the time to spend with your children or is it something different? You know, figuring out what that is and then thinking through how having a more decluttered space would actually feed into you living a life aligned with your core values. So for us, it did mean living in a smaller space that was less costly so I could work less because I didn't need to make as much money. And I, I try to make any decision kind of go through, okay, does it align with my core values before I decide? So always asking yourself about that. But when it comes to the actual decluttering, I think starting small is important because you want to see quick wins. Um, And also stopping the inflow. So for me, that was a really big issue because I was constantly buying things, usually online. And I had to stop. I had to turn off that faucet. So remember, as you're getting rid of stuff, it's equally as as important to not be continuously bringing more stuff in because you're probably just going to have to declutter it later. That's so important. I realized the first time I did like a no spend month, I did it 
for budgeting purposes and to just do like a budget challenge. But I realized that's a really good way to, if you're decluttering, do that. Do a no spend month. Challenge yourself to that. Just like you said, stop the inflow. And sometimes it just takes like making it fun, doing a challenge to do that because it, it makes a huge difference when you can simultaneously be letting go of things and feeling what that feels like and also stop yourself from bringing things in and realizing that like, okay, I don't need to do that to make me happy. So I love, love that advice. I think that's so important. Um, What is something that you're learning about minimalism right now? Gosh, I am constantly learning more about minimalism. Um, Yeah, I just, I love reading books and connecting with people on Instagram about it. Um, I would say, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. Um, I think the sentimental stuff is something that I've really been focused on. So I've been learning more about it. And in the minimalist world, I think a lot of the time you hear the word ruthless, (laughs) like you have to be ruthless in making decisions about what you're keeping and not keeping. And I was actually just laughing about stuffed animals because I cannot look a stuffed animal in the eyes and part with it. Suddenly I feel connected to the stuffed animal and I just, I am so sentimental. It has been something that I've had to really focus on and say, okay, I'm going to be ruthless because remember these things in all these boxes are not serving anybody. You've got to get them out. You cannot feel guilty get them into the hands of someone who can use them or some of them might be trash, you know, just let go of them because I know that I'm going to feel freer. So I don't have nearly as much left to go through thanks to this, but it is something that I'm really focusing on. It's just being ruthless, even with the sentimental items. Cause for me, a lot of the stuff has been stuff I've had for a long time. It's, it would be different if I had just lost somebody a year or two ago, but I need to be ruthless. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good tip. And I think something that can take a while to learn too, especially with the sentimental items, which you've been sharing about on your Instagram. So um, let everyone who's listening know where they can find you on Instagram. And then if you want to, I say that because I think your uh, account is a great resource, but if you want to share any other resources that have been helpful to you too, you can do that as well. Yeah. Thank you so much, Desiree. Uh, So my account is Minimalism with Mary, and uh, I think that there are a lot of great accounts on Instagram for sure. Certainly yours is one of those. If you hop over to YouTube, I love the minimal mom, Dawn. I think she actually reminds me a little bit of you. She's very just kind and friendly and relatable. So I just, I really enjoy watching her YouTubes. Um, certainly podcasts. I mean, I already told you yours is your favorite. If somebody's listening to this right now, it probably is the same for them. Um, so outside of that, I would say one book that I've really in particular enjoyed was The Min- the Minimalist Way by Erica Lane. I found that on Audible, so you don't have to go out and buy the book. Books can be clutter. Um, but you may want to be getting it so that you can underline and highlight because I found a lot of great tips in reading it and I think that I've probably listened to it a couple of times at this point. So a great one if you're really, if you're getting started, but also even if you've been on the decluttering journey for a little while now. Yeah. I love Erica. She also has just that like kindness and doesn't feel like it's pressuring you in any way. You know, she, 
Um, and I, I love her um, book as well. So I would second that and all of the resources that you shared too. And I'm so honored that you enjoy listening to the show. So I'm happy to hear that. Uh, but thank you for your time. And I've loved this conversation. I know that it will encourage others to maybe get rid of some things, maybe downsize their home. Who knows? <laughs> um, so thank you for just uh, giving your time today and coming on the show. Absolutely. It's been an honor, Desiree. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Mary, and I hope that you find yourself some quick wins, especially if you are at the beginning of your journey or maybe things have gotten a little bit cluttery around you and you are hesitant to start again. Those quick wins can compel us forward. It's especially a great season for some quick wins because we are so close to the holidays, close to a time where many of us will be bringing more things into our house we can kind of use those quick decluttering projects to clear some space for the things to come. And we can feel good and feel motivated when we accomplish them. That is all I have for today's episode. So if it's one that you enjoyed, I would appreciate it so much if you'd share it. You could share it with a friend, you could text it to them, you could share it on Instagram or any social media platform that you like to share things on. I'm super grateful for you for doing that and taking the time to help Minimalish get in front of more eyes, more ears. As always, I am very grateful that you are here and you are listening in and I will talk to you right back here again on the next episode.